Now here's those boyhood friends, Ron and Dave. I mean, Ron and Delbert. I'm just kidding. Here's Ronna and Donna. <laughs> All right, happy Friday, you guys. It's episode number 59, dropping on a Friday. And uh, he's Ron, I'm Don. Of course, you're their station voice right there. That's G4's O'Neal. Charlie's around here uh, doing what he does. Like chewing on one of Ron's uh, shoes. Anyway, thanks to everybody for going out to glow.fm slash Ronadon Radio and sponsoring us. Uh, that's what Tom just did. That's what Janice just did. And that's what Bobby just did, too, right? Yeah, you can go out glow.fm slash Ronadon Radio, or it'll be in the show notes. Uh, we would love it and appreciate it if you help us sort of shoulder the burden here. And you can just do whatever amount you want. So whatever you're comfortable with, uh, you can stick it in the, in the box there, and that'll be that. We thank you in advance. Yeah, we don't take a dollar out of this radio show and go out and pay our mortgages. We just use this money to just keep our business going here so thanks for being a part of that we really do appreciate that hey uh coming up here there's something that you wanted to talk about uh, here in a little yeah, bit yeah right? and I, I am so happy about this believe it or not they would have finally made a decision or they're making a decision on whether or not people can bring their pet hamster on a plane oh, okay. as a service hamster. That's important. There's some major developments in <laughs> okay. this. Okay. You know I feel very strongly about this. You do feel strongly about this. I've been following this. it closely. There's some major <laughs> new developments. Oh, I'm going to love this. I haven't heard about the developments, so I can't wait to hear. Also, Quentin Tarantino, uh, one of the hottest movies uh, this year. In fact, we were just talking about Brad Pitt and uh, Jennifer Aniston on episode uh, 58, and chances are they're getting back together. He's on Tinder, though, but who's not? Anyway, uh, he's saying that he's kind of waging war right now to make a good movie uh, because it's hard to get funded sometimes because of the Marvels, the Star Wars, and uh, the James Bonds, and all these other trilogies. And he said it's very, very, it's getting very, very difficult right now in Hollywood to kind of make a one-off. So we'll talk about that in a moment. I want to talk about this, though. Because uh, a few days ago in our city, uh, and if you don't live in Seattle, there was a shooting here uh, that happened in the downtown corridor. and Right by Cinerama. Yeah, right down Cinerama, 3rd and Pike, that area down there. And it's where a lot of people will go to jump on buses uh, to get in and out of the city. And it's also a place where, uh, in fact, you and I were just down near a courthouse. And outside the courthouse, you can see people, and in fact, I watch people. Uh, around the King County Superior Court. They're down there, and they're dealing drugs. It's an open-air drug market. We had talked about it before on our show. We'd sent reporters down, but then we were down there together, and we saw it firsthand. It is an open-air drug market, and you have judges, you have attorneys, you have even police officers that are going to walk into court, and you're like, how is this happening? How is this happening at the King County Superior Court? But it is happening. Just feet from the King County Superior Court, there's a shooting down there. All hell kind of broke loose. This went out on the internet. I turned on the radio, and there were no reporters. I, I, I didn't hear any report. And I turned on TV, and I didn't see a lot of reporters that were heading down to that area. But then when you got on Facebook and Twitter and social media, you started hearing that eight people were dead in downtown Seattle. Eight people were shot. Eight people were dead. And what I did at that moment is I turned off the radio, and I turned off the TV, and I shut down my social media and I said to myself, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a prayer. Uh, I'm not going to ignore what's happening there, but I'm going to go spend some time with my son and we're going to do our homework and we're going to walk the dog and we are going to say a prayer again for all these people in the first, second and third responders. We never talk about the second and the third responders and we should. 
And then I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and find out what really happened. And what really happened is never what really happened in real time. And the reason for that is, well, what is the reason for that? How come, how come you have all these stories? And I, I have some thoughts on this. You have all these stories that go out on social media. And then we find out that most of the time, 24 hours later, when we vet some of these stories, the stories are wrong. And sometimes they're completely wrong. Well, I mean, it's pretty, it's speed versus accuracy. People want information. People are craving information. Like I got texts from my sister and, hey, are you, I know you live close to this. Are you okay? Like all of those things. And when you saw initially that it was a woman in her 40s, well, how many of us know a woman in her 40s that could have been downtown? So uh, you, you have this panic. People want information. So I, I don't blame or fault people for trying to go to Twitter, uh, go to Facebook, and get information on their loved ones. And it's in flux. There were eight people shot. There weren't eight deaths. But so you're right. There is a blend of facts and observations and things that aren't completely accurate. I think most people know that. I don't don't think people take to the bank 20 minutes after something happened uh, that it's all the gospel truth. And and when you see, uh, I was actually down there. I had to pick someone up, and we were going to an event, and you're driving by those bus stops and there are hundreds of people waiting for the buses nobody could get through Mm. it was a total zoo down there to me there's two things going on one is how this information is going to be disseminated the more interesting thing to me is how we're going to respond as a city to moving through the tiers of a city Mm. and so for for a long time seattle was around you know it was a a sub five hundred thousand person city and that that's a, a specific size and feel and density. Uh, and so you see the growth of the city where now it's way over 500,000 and approaching, you know, we're going to start approaching the million people in the same space, obviously, with the water uh, and the way that it's constrained. And so it's not like the city could go out like Houston and just expand. So you're getting more density, more people living and working downtown. You've also on a parallel track have seen the increase in homelessness, the increase in petty crime, the increase in drug use that you mentioned. And so as a city, you you have these people down there now. And I am a bus rider when I go downtown. I do not want to pay $3.75 an hour to park my truck down there and get it broken into because someone sees you know, an iPhone cable that I left in my charger accidentally. And so I take the bus downtown. And you're right. When Sometimes you're sitting there. It's dark at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And you have a schizophrenic person screaming at no one. Uh, and walking by you, it's hard to not feel like, okay, do I need to post up and, and, and clench my fist or put my keys in my, in my hand uh, with a key sticking out if, it's, if I need to go to Mortal Kombat here? And so feeling that pressure, so you have these businesses where this happened is where uh, First Light, this it's a new condo development called First Light, is being built. It's a huge skyscraper. We've, we've been presented with these materials. These are going to be multi-million dollar condos when you get to the top floors of that building multi-million like maybe approaching two and a half three million dollars and up because of the on those top floors the, the middle location. floors yeah. are going to be seven figures mm. the lower floors with crappy views might be under a million so in that one billion or in that one building is going to represent several billion dollars in real estate 
They do not want eight people shot at the bottom of their building. You're trying to attract restaurateurs in those corridors. You go three blocks down. It's the Amazon spheres. You have Tom Douglas restaurants. You have 2120. You have all of these uh, skillet and, and uh, you know, Memnoon Street and all these restaurateurs are trying to, to service the Amazon crowd. You come over a couple blocks. Paul Allen had, of course, retrofitted Cinerama and brought it back up to its former glory and then some. Um, he's wanted to, to provide some culture down there. Jazz Alley's right around the corner. So you have all these businesses going, time out, uh, city of Seattle, the mayor, the chief of police. What is happening? Like, why do we get these bursts of violence uh, outside of McDonald's, outside of, uh, I, I forget the name, of Pacific Place. One of the, the women that died was a former homeless person that lived at, is it called Pacific Place or mm-hmm. Pacific? Pacific Place, Pacific yeah. Pacific Homes? Yeah. And so that to me is the more intriguing question, because as you grow as a city, um, I think they're all connected. I think you start pulling on the the spider web of this violence. I don't think you're going to have to do six degrees of Kevin Bacon to make it back to either um, a homeless encampment or uh, one of these tiny house villages where homeless are staying, or you're going to see uh, a drug overlap really, really quickly. And so I I would be shocked if that's not the case. I don't know if we're going to get that story. I think that there's uh, a vested interest by the powers that be to try to keep those storylines separate and to say, oh, we had this shooting, and you're not going to hear about gang tie, or you're not going to hear about a drug tie, you're not going to hear about a homelessness tie, because that serves the interests of the city. Mayor Durkin already came out and was like, hey, we're one of the safest cities in America. Statistically, that is true. But uh, talk to the people that are, you know, talk to First Light, the developer, who's spending billions of dollars to develop this piece of land, and he wants to sell million-dollar properties, and now he's going to have to go to his clients and be like, yeah, about that shooting. What's the story he's going to say? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. We had a photographer, a great photographer, that uh, uh, took some photos for us the other day for our real estate business. And by great, we mean great in, with Ron and Don in the frame. Yeah. He's it a, can only be so great. He's a great photographer. And I think about some of the great photographers that we have in the city or some of the great reporters, or even when we worked in terrestrial radio, when we first started 12, 13 years ago, we'd look across our newsroom and every cubicle would be full of reporters. And we had, I think it was six reporter cars, six pool cars, where you'd send people out and they would do these. So, so if you had breaking news like this, they would show up. We used to have a helicopter plane in the air. We would cover these stories. And then what has happened as money has now shifted to the digital community, we would look out in that newsroom and all those reporters were gone. All those news cars were sold. The helicopter was gone. The plane was gone. And so you're still trying to uh, reflect what's happening in the community when it comes to news, but it's harder to do because a lot of times when someone's on their phone, they can take a picture before your reporter gets there. They can jump out on a Twitter feed before your reporter gets there, and they can start sharing some of that information in real time. And by the time your reporter gets there, maybe you feel like the story's already over. The problem with that, though, is sometimes... A lot of times, the information is wrong. So all I'm saying is I still think it's important that we're willing to pay for good journalism, we're willing to pay for good pictures, and we're willing to pay for uh, 
I don't know, people that will go out there and will really dig and will take local t- yeah, politicians. They, they will hold the politicians and the people in power account because yeah. we demand a safer city yeah. and th- telling us that we already live in a safe city after eight people just got shot, yeah. that doesn't help. But you do that through great journalism of reporters that have been here 10, 15, 20 years and they dig in and they have that relationship with the police chief, for instance, or they have that relationship with Mayor Durkin and they can get to the bottom of it. And it seems like... sometimes it's uncomfortable truths and you have to look yourself in the mirror and go, we do have a a homelessness and drug problem that has just spilled into violence. Just admit you've got that and now we have a starting point. So I would just say it's fun to get free information, but it's not always accurate. And uh, I have tried in my own life now to turn around and pay for four or five different uh, publications to support journalism, to support great photographers, and to support... Uh, true information. So. The failing New York Times. Yeah. I get that. There you go. Uh, coming up here on the Ron and Don Show. Oh, uh, major developments in can you bring your pet peacock on the plane? How about that? Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, thanks to Bobby. I think I already thanked him. Uh, thanks to Janice and thanks for Deanna. They went out to glow.fm slash Ron and Don Radio. They gave $10, $15, uh, $20 a month to help support us in 2020. As we put out shows now every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. When we when this started, we just were putting out one show a week. Now we can put out three. What if we could put out four or five? In order to do that, we would need your help, all right? And also, don't forget, Ron and Don are licensed brokers. If you want to reach out to us, we'd love to be a part of your real estate journey. So many of you have done that, and we really appreciate that. And don't worry. No, no deal is too big too small and if there's no deal and you just want to sit down have a cup of coffee and get our thoughts on something we like doing that too all right just write ron ron at windermere.com don o'neill at windermere.com we'll see ya in one minute ron and don radio thanks for listening to the ron and don show please hit subscribe Follow us on the social media platforms. Just search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. All right, episode number uh, 59 of the Ron and Don Show. Thanks for listening, you guys. We really do appreciate that. And thanks for reaching out to us, too, uh, through glow.fm slash Ron and Don Radio and sponsoring the show this year in 2020. Thanks for doing that. We appreciate you and everybody else in the Ron and Don Nation. And we are blown away at the amount of people out there that are listening to this podcast. We really, really, really just want to take a moment to thank you. So, uh, what are you upset about? What are you mad? What are well, you excited about? What's, about what's this? going I'm on here? Excited. So, uh, if you've flown recently anywhere, uh, you may have noticed people bringing uh, pigs, mm. mini horses, gerbils, snakes. Uh, onto the plane there are snakes on the plane and then they claim that it's a emotional support animal have you seen this i i did have some people that that flew next to me and it bothered me a little bit that they hadn't showered which was kind of it 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 bothered me some they were in the seats right next to me the gentleman was sitting right next to me hadn't showered his wife or girlfriend whoever maybe his sister i don't know his mom was on the other side and they had this little dog this irritating bark bark dog they went to sleep and it seemed like they had been up all night who knows maybe they were traveling all night the dog didn't go to sleep and really wanted to take some time and come visit with me because i think he probably uh, felt charlie anyway it was a very awkward flight i really appreciate if people are going to get on with a service animal that you take control of your animals so the rest of us don't have to uh, deal with so it. So I think everybody has seen this in the airport on a plane. When all the airlines have band together, they are talking with the Department of Transportation. They have new rules they're proposing, and I hope they get passed, where they are narrowing the scope here 
to, to very specific. You no longer will bring a rabbit on board uh, or bring a, a, a mini horse on board or a pig on board. <laughs> that you can, They're going to limit service animals to dogs. Okay. And then the dog has to be able to do a specific task. Oh, this is your thing. Yeah, a yeah. specific ADA task. Okay. And so you can't just... So this thing has gotten out of control. Because people go online and they buy a service animal vest and then they take well, their They get dog. a note from the, the vet that yeah. says that you need it for emotional you support. You can write your own note. You could right. just write your own note and carry it around. And so, so I mean, who this would, even impacts who, who would who who would call the vet or nobody would. Ever it know. even impacts uh, you know landlord laws now. So if you have a, a condo and you want no pets, yeah. if someone applies and they say, "Oh, I have an emotional support uh, pig," mm-hmm. and then you can't deny them. And like the city of Seattle's making it where they wanted it to be first come first serve. You couldn't see if they had a criminal background, and if they had an emotional support pig, you couldn't deny them tenancy. And so the, these sort of situations i think have swung too far i get it if you are have anxiety and you feel comfort comforted by an animal i am a huge animal lover i understand that but uh, i think on an airplane i act like an animal sometimes and you're a huge fan of mine so it's true believe it or not i don't think this will surprise you in 2016 they had 481,000 emotional support animals flying by plane really the very next year it went up to 751,000 flights had one of these animals on board. You know so, why it is? Because no, because it has gotten so expensive to board your dog anywhere. It is so expensive to do that, and I think people just look at each other and owner. they say, "Let's just take our dog on the plane, on the trip, whatever." And then that way we don't we 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 don't have to board the dog that way. My my Airbnbs, uh, people want to bring dogs and animals all the time, and I tell them this. I say, uh, as long as number one, the dog, animal, cat, whatever it is, is never left alone at the home. Uh, number two, that when the dog is there or the cat is there, whatever it is, that they're not on the bed, uh, that they're not on any of the furniture, and that if they need to do what they do in the backyard, that that's all cleaned up. And that basically when my cleaning people step in, that they would be able to look around and see that there was never a dog, a cat, an animal there. And what I found is... Uh, people will say yes, and they think their dog or their cat, whatever, is well-behaved, and they don't think they'll leave all these hairballs behind. Uh, people always let the dogs and the on cats the in the beds. On the, yeah. So I basically had to ban those animals. And I love animals. I mean, I, I we, we have a little dog. Well, I love but dogs my, too, but I don't want to go shopping with them at Trader Joe's. There you go. Yeah. So it's and, like, and you start looking, when you, when you start pushing back, and you're like, hey, let's treat a dog like a dog, and not, a dog, not, let's not treat him like a human. Then people that want to treat a dog like a human, they look at you as kind of you're an anti-animal or you're anti-dog or you're anti-parrot or you're anti-giraffe. And I am anti-giraffe. I'm, I'm anti-stupid. I don't, like, I I don't like giraffes. I am anti-giraffe. There's no, no doubt. Giraffes are amazing. I just are don't they? want them in the grocery store. Okay. I don't want them on a plane. There you go. I love giraffes. I don't know. If I, if I got on a plane and I saw a giraffe as a service animal, I could, I could, I could, I think I'd enjoy that. That would be one hell of a flight. It would be very cramped quarters. <laughs> giraffes are very big. They're fun fact. You'd have to open up the sun window. Giraffes have the same number of vertebrae as uh, as human beings. How'd you know that? I just saw it as a fun fact. That is a fun fact. Yeah. Super Seems fun. like they would have more. Hey, G-Force, isn't that fun? Did you know that? What'd you say? A giraffe has the same number of vertebrae in its neck that human beings do. True or false? Oh, you said that's boring. Is that what you said? Maybe not a fun fact. He a said mildly what, amusing. He fact. said, "What does vertebrae mean?" Exactly. So, uh, we'll be back in one minute. I'm going to explain to my son what a vertebrae is. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. 
Don't forget, every time the guys close a real estate deal in 2020, a portion of their commission goes towards Charlie's Dinosaur. Find out more at ronanddon.com. Hey everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. All right, I decided to do something in, in 2020, and it's really interesting. Instead of texting people and just emailing people, I've decided to call people and just have conversations and use the phone as a phone. Look at this guy using the phone as a phone. And I have to say, a couple of my friends were like astonished that I was actually calling them, and now they're starting to call me back. My phone's actually ringing, and then I think they're... Why call- did you call me? Uh, yeah, it's always, <laughs> why did you call me? And and remember the days when you used to just show up at your neighbor's house oh or gosh. a relative's house? My friend Blake it's, in high school would just show up. Just show up, yeah. Hey, what are you doing? Right. In the Midwest, man, you show up. Here on the West Coast, the left coast, you don't show up. In no. the Midwest, you do so that. bring it back. Because yeah, show up. no way to call anyone or let them know. So we would just show up at the Brankies, and then there were six more of us, and we bring some extra food or some pizza, whatever it is, and throw out a couple more paper plates. And the next thing you know, you're hanging out, you're having a great time. I, w- I was in the gym the other day, and I've decided that I'm not taking my phone in there. I'm not going to have headphones in there and not listen to music podcasts. I'm going to walk around and just start having conversations with people in my gym. Does your workout count? Because I did a run today and I left my phone behind. It feels like it didn't count. Oh, really? You know, it's not showing up on my mile tracker. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if it actually, if I can't document it. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, when I I trail run last year, I always always ran, even when I was running with people, I would run with headphones. I'm like, I'm pulling those out. I'm having conversations with my tribe, my friends I'm running with. And if not, I'm going to sit there and have a conversation with Charlie and Charlie and I that we Charlie adult we have had some of the greatest conversations it's interesting with you bring that up because so. there's a, a new study out uh, that I find very interesting and it says loneliness is on the rise this uh, was in NPR's website and so uh, there's a, a health insurer Cigna that did this they're the, the money behind this I don't know why they're doing it but they just are 13% rise in loneliness since 2018 so they're saying right now that two-thirds of adults feel loneliness mm. and they they teamed up with the ucla loneliness scale it's an 80 point scale and they do a questionnaire yeah. they did this with uh, ten thousand adult workers and you get a score on your loneliness scale so what do you think which demographic or which age bracket do you think is the loneliness would you say it would be older people i think or younger people feel feel lonelier <sighs> I I would say younger people because I think they're too plugged into to screens and headphones and, and they're not talking to each other. I think older people have lived without screens and headphones. And I think, uh, especially with baby boomers, that they've had these important relationships their whole life. And I want to believe that they still talk on the phone, that they still knock on each other's doors, that they still show up uninvited. And I so... I think people would would pick older people, but I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with younger people. Here. You are correct. The, the researchers thought that it was going to be boomers. They did. They, okay. they scored a 43. Mm. The Gen Z, 18 to 22 year olds, yeah. so averaged a 50 out of 80 wow. uh, on the loneliness scores. And yeah. so the, the the demographics are interesting when you look through gender and you look through age groups. But the the part where it got very interesting to me when they did the deeper dive, if you have good coworker relationships. 
uh, you will drop 10 points on the loneliness scale. Hmm. So they say also those that have a good work-life balance, you are less lonely. And if you have a colleague or colleagues that share a goal with you, the similar goals, your loneliness dropped eight points. And, and so they, they, they're doing this study of saying it is important where you work, the workplace culture that you have, and how your loneliness index is going to drop, and having a meaningful interaction with another person in person really matters. And so when they look at people that are isolated or work at home and are not having real interactions with real people, their loneliness scores go up. And they also, you know, they tie in stress and all those other things. But just as a general baseline, uh, when you're around people that share goals with you and you have a workplace culture that's not a backstabby uh, and is, is uh, somewhere where you can actually interact human to human, that your loneliness score okay. can go down 10 points. Right, let me ask you a question. I want you to be vulnerable with me and be honest. Because, and I want you to think about episode 58. Because in episode 58, I revealed, like Lolo Jones, the great Olympiad that she and I have, have something in common, and it may be that we're both virgins. It may be. I may be. I know on the other side of this door right now, there's a nine-year-old doing some homework. He may be adopted. I've never shared that story. He'd be a test tube baby. Never shared that story, and I'm not going to share it now, but I may be a virgin. Go back to episode 58 if you want to find out about my virginity. Let me ask you this. Are you lonely? Uh, right now as we speak. Well, you don't have children, right? You right. live alone. Yeah. You don't have, you've always been a dog person. You were married for a big chunk of your life. No, no, Are, I actually wasn't married for a big chunk, but anyway, eight, about but you, 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 eight years. you've been in longer relationships sure. than, I, than I've been. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, a, yeah. Well, we, it's one of the reasons I'm making phone calls now. My last couple of relationships, we break up on text message and I'm like, what? Because you don't get tone. I got in a fight the other day with one of my, one of my, uh, uh, investment partners. And then I got on the phone and I'm like, are you mad at me? He's like, no, what are you talking about? Like, well, that text message. And I just, he said, just. It's, you, you can't tell the tone of a text message sometimes. Right. So it's one of the reasons we got to get on the phone. We got to talk to each other. Back to you, though. Oh, I have are some you, periods of loneliness, are, of course. What, 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 what makes you lonely? Uh, being alone. So like, yeah, I do want to, um, you know, enter into long-term relationship. Like that's something that I, that I, I like to have. And, but here's the thing I think for me going through, uh, the demise of a marriage, you, you learn pretty quickly, or I learned relatively quickly that the downside of being alone is way better than the downside of being in a relationship that you shouldn't be in. Why is that? Well, I mean, for obvious reasons, you know, it's just not as destructive unless you make it destructive, but like, it, it's way easier to be like, Hey, I'm going to go do something I want to do tonight. Even if I'm alone, uh, than it is to be like, wow, how am I going to untangle this mess that, that you could have been in before? And so that's just a, th a realization that I had. Cause sometimes you can be with somebody I would imagine and feel just as lonely, if not more lonely. Uh, if you've grown apart or they're, they're, you're in a toxic well, the other relationship, thing, this, right? this, this study that, that made me realize is to be a better comrade. And so, like, for instance, we have a, a co-worker that I was talking to. That are, you, just, are you Russian now? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm Russian. Yeah. We, have, we have a co-worker that was excited. To, they just signed a new lease, and they're moving into a, an apartment. Mm -hmm. And so it's like... After I read the story, I was like, you know, I'm going to write them a card and like take them a little home housewarming gift. Nice. And so it's, it's, 
and it's like those sort of things if you do them really make a difference yeah and so like i've, I've started doing that more uh, now and yeah. just be like you notice something happens for someone like write them a little note and how there's there's worse reputations you could have around the workplace than hey ron ron writes co-workers notes yeah. or whatever so like when you see someone like try to just make that connection because it it it, it turns out it does make a difference that's a question this is going to sound petty and, sure. it, and it is we have new cards you and I are on the card. Uh, Charlie the dog's on the card. She's on the card. Yeah. Is that the card that you're sending out? No. You sure? Of course. I'm, it's a thank you card. Those are thank you cards that we have. Our I real know. Estate I'm not sending you. out thank you cards. Oh, you're not. I'm sending out I have my own cards. I just want to make sure if I'm being sent out. No, that I I'm, send out your card. That I am getting credit for half of the housewarming gift. No. This is from uh, Don and I. No. It is Ron just. And Don, Ron and Don Real Estate. I sent out my own personal. You did. It's not the joint card. I wouldn't have done that. Right, I would have used the joint card that you and I paid for, what are and you probably them for? And probably never told you. What's someone, you're, someone has. What are you thanking I them for? I don't know. For? I've been trying to figure out who to send these cards to. Because I told the you picture, that we shouldn't put thank you on there, and you're like, no, 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 put thank you on there. Oh, I did. Because I was like, if we leave it blank, then it can be a housewarming card, it can oh. be a birthday card, it can oh. be a thank you card. You're like, no, 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 put thank you on there. You know what would be funny is crossing out the thank you. Maybe that for one. you. <laughs> that would be funny for you. Anyway, do you need a hug? Are you lonely right now? No. I'm around people so much, and the dog and the nine-year-old, which, by the way, I may or may not be a virgin. Listen to episode 58. I love being alone. Like, when I get a moment to be alone, because I'm never alone, I kind of enjoy that. So. No, I, I do as well. Yeah. But, like, we've been, yeah. Anyway. Be a good coworker, a comrade. That's nice. It and, is nice. And, I, and before we get out of here, I'll, I'll say at Windermere, because a lot of people think that real estate agents are lonely. They do something on Tuesday, Tuesdays and Thursdays where they have this meeting, especially with newer realtors like ourselves. And we get in a room with 15, 20 people, and uh, it's the coolest meeting of the week. And then I can sit there and look at the jeans that Corey has on, his really cool shoes, and then ask him where he got those, and then show up the next week with the same shoes and the jeans on. I did that last week. Did you see that? Unfortunately, I did see that. Quite a move. He's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by. And don't forget, we are licensed realtors at Windermere. If you want to reach out to us, do a Ron and Don sit down. We actually give you a really cool camping mug right now. It says, I sat down with Ron and Don. All right. Reach out to Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. You can reach out to me too. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Everything is at RonandDon.com. Thanks for listening to episode 59. And again, I may be a virgin. Listen to episode 58. We'll see you next time. Have a great Friday, you guys. Unless you're listening to this on Saturday or Sunday. Who knows? Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.